You are listening to The Sun on the Strip. I'm Brock Radke, entertainment writer for the Las Vegas Sun, and every Wednesday I'll have an exclusive conversation with someone who is being fabulous on the Las Vegas Strip, as well as an update on what's going on in the world of entertainment here in Vegas. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you're listening on Wednesday, September 15th. I'm recording this on Tuesday the 14th, and Las Vegas is still buzzing from the Monday night football game that served as the home opener for the Raiders and the first regular season NFL game with fans in attendance at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders beat the Ravens in OT in a very wild game, but maybe more importantly, it was a sold-out crowd. It included plenty of celebrities and entertainers, everybody from Steve Aoki getting fans hyped up before the game to Gladys Knight singing the national anthem to Ice Cube and Too Short performing at halftime. Members of the Golden Knights and Aces in the crowd cheering their fellow Vegas athletes on to victory. Pro team sports has become such a big part of entertainment in Las Vegas in such a short period of time. And this is something I'm going to be writing about soon in Las Vegas Weekly Magazine. So stay tuned there. It was a historic night for the city and the team. And it was only week one of this first proper season of the NFL in Las Vegas. I'm sure it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Don't miss all the great Las Vegas Sun coverage of Raiders football at LasVegasSun.com. Last week, I hit Harris for the grand opening of Donnie Osmond's new residency show, which was a super slick, fast-paced, music-packed production. And then I got to talk to Donnie the next day. My full interview will be right here on the Sun on the Strip next week, so come on back next Wednesday at LasVegasSun.com. This week on the Strip, or rather just off the Strip, we have another longtime headliner returning to his super popular residency, and that's Barry Manilow at the Westgate International Theater. Manilow hasn't been on the Vegas stage since early 2020, and he's finally back at Westgate starting Thursday the 16th. He's got plenty of dates through the end of the year. Another comeback, this one at Caesars Palace is Keith Urban at the Coliseum. The country star returns to his residency show on Friday the 17th. And of course, another big weekend, another pair of festivals are in town. The iHeartRadio Music Festival is taking over T-Mobile Arena with Saturday daytime shows at Area 15, while the Life is Beautiful Festival makes its grand comeback in downtown Las Vegas all weekend long. Check out this week's issue of Las Vegas Weekly Magazine for all the info you need If you're going to either of those events, one of the iHeart headliners, Dua Lipa, just announced her own concert tour is coming to Las Vegas in 2022. She'll perform at T-Mobile Arena on March 25th, and tickets for that show go on sale this Friday. If you want to stay on top of other concert and show announcements in Las Vegas, all you need to do is read my Curtain Up column every Thursday at LasVegasSun.com. This week, my son on the strip conversation is with one of the funniest comics in the business, Nikki Glazer. You might know Nikki from the brutal celebrity roasts on Comedy Central, where she always kills it, or from her super steady daily comedy podcast, which she just renovated and relaunched earlier this year. Or maybe you saw her hosting the HBO Max reality dating show, F-Boy Island, which was required some reviewing and turned this typically ridiculous TV genre on its head, in a good way. Now the comedians are touring again, Nikki's back on the road, and she's back at her new home on the Strip at the Mirage Theater this Friday night. She took some time out to chat with me about her shows, her upcoming stand-up special she'll be filming soon, the podcast, the TV show, and life in general. 
and she's awesome. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nikki Glazer. I think you launched your new tour in July, but did you get to do a few live shows earlier while you were navigating crazy pandemic stuff like everybody else? You know, I did. I did some indoor shows with mask with a mask on uh, on stage, though, which I compare to you know running with a weighted vest. Like it's really hard to, you know, your jokes have to be really funny for them to not see your facial expressions and uh, like see the intent on your face uh, when you're delivering them. But you know, it's good preparation for the Botox I just got put in my face. That also kind of. <laughs> takes a lot of expression out of my, out of my act. But, uh, no, it was, I did a lot of shows, uh, during COVID and I just, you know, it's, I don't mind when the audience is masked. I, there's been a couple where I've had to do shows where the audience is masked, but you know, I just want, I, I like when people can sit next to each other, not spread out. Like comedy is meant to be consumed, you know, in, in, in close, like in close proximity to other people, laughter is contagious. So it's just such a much more fun show when you can watch with other people. Comedy is meant to be enjoyed with, with, you know, a lot of people. That's why, you know, it's just such a good point in my career where I'm actually drawing crowds and selling out shows. And, um, you know, so much of my career for 19 years has been, you know, people just showing up to a comedy club, not knowing who to expect, just going because they get free tickets from a radio station and then, you know, they, you just try to win them over. And now people are actually coming out because they already like me. So I don't, um, it's just made it so much more fun. And, and now that rooms are packed and people are just excited to be out. It's just, it's the best time to do comedy now. Yeah. And you are, you're coming back to Vegas to play one of those big rooms where everybody is uh, buying the ticket to come see you at the Mirage. Uh, yeah. Soon. How does it feel to be coming back to Vegas after all this time? Um, you know, I love performing in Vegas because it's, Although there are a lot of locals that come out to shows, it's just such a great uh, mixture of people from all over. So it, you don't get like, oh, I have to cater this set to a certain type of people. It's just you can just be yourself, and and it's just and people can build trips to Vegas around my show, and it's just it's so cool to be a, a Vegas act now. That's actually a draw. You know, I've worked Vegas clubs forever. Where again, I was just one of the comedians on the bill that was just thankful enough to even get, you know, a couple hundred bucks for the weekend in a hotel and eating in the casino cafeteria. And this time, you know, they might fulfill my entire writer backstage and, and have a, you know, a vegan smorgasbord waiting for me before I go on stage. It's just, it's, it's just so nice to be performing at a, a hotel that, and like a casino uh, that is, recognizable by name and it's one of the ones that you go but it's you don't have to go but it's uh you know they've they've done a lot of renovations it's like the mirage of just like people know what it is it's it's, it's impressive and you know it's uh, i it's it's just a, it's a, a definite mile marker in my career to be performing there um and and i'm just i'm excited i'm excited for the show because you know, this whole tour, I've been kind of building my act, figuring out what it is I want to say. And it's all leading to a special taping that I'm doing in, um, in November. And I started in July kind of with a lot of rough material. And, uh, by the time I get there in September, uh, it's already really finding its, its way. And, and I'm, I'm like piecing it together, but I'm someone who really develops their material on stage and 
this is just the perfect timing for a show where uh, I will, I have the right amount of, you know, on the seat, kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Not everything is scripted. I'm still putting it together, but I know where the jokes are and it's going to have like a guaranteed uh, structure and, and theme. And it's just, uh, it's, it's a perfect, it's a perfect point in the tour where it's not too regimented, uh, but also, I know what I'm, I know what I'm saying and I know what I want to say. And, uh, and I know that the jokes that I do have are great. So any ones I come up with in the moment, which is inevitable, especially in Vegas, when there's so much to talk about and so much to comment on and everyone there is kind of processing their surroundings since there are so many tourists that are kind of like reacting to how exciting and different their surroundings are. It's, it's, it's fun to process with them. And, and so I'm excited for whatever comes out on stage that might end up in, in the act basically, you know, there's a lot of things that happened in my live act that I go, you guys are the first ones to hear that joke and you'll hear it on the special. And it might be a little bit more, you know, um, uh, condensed and, and, uh, refined by the time you hear it, but you can rest assured that was the first time I said it here. So it's kind of cool in that way that I, I'm at a point in my career where I can trust myself to, play with the audience and go off on tangents and not be so precious about, you know, being so perfect. I think that comedy is best when you react to what's going on around you and try to be in the moment and don't be scared to do crowd work. I used to be very scared of doing crowd work because I knew my jokes. I didn't want to deviate from anything. I didn't want anyone to throw me off. And now it's not like I invite crowd work because it's usually a drunk person that you know, is hitting a bottom of sorts and they probably won't even remember what they yeah. said to me. And it's usually a fan that's like, I love you so much. And I'm like, it's so ironic because I feel the opposite about you right now. But um, it's always, it's, it's, I gotta be honest, it's kind of fun for me now to, to deal with hecklers because I used to just shut down and get really scared because I might say something that I regret or I, I, you know, they might put me in a position where I can't get out of it and, and the audience loses faith in me. But I'm at a point now where I like, I know, I know I can handle anything. And, and even if it does get awkward, I can get myself out of that. And that can also be fun in and of itself too. Well, another thing that you've been handling for a long time is podcasting. You've been a very successful podcaster for years now, but you started up a new one just earlier this year on uh, the big money players network. Uh, you've, and you've done a daily podcast before, I think. Yeah. And that, that seems like such a grind. What do you think is the secret <laughs> to keeping, keeping the content fresh and funny when you're doing it that often? You know, it's, it's funny. I, um, I, I was attracted to podcasting initially back when I started my first one in 2010, which by the way, even in 2010, we were like, Oh, another podcast. Everyone has this. What are we doing? <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to do it even then though, because I've always loved listening to the radio. I've always really idolized people like Howard Stern and, you know, Adam Carolla and, uh, you know, even, um, Delilah, like just people that you feel super connected to just because you listen to their voice every day. And I think that, um, I, I just knew that that was a medium that I wanted to, really sink my teeth into and hone a talent for because I, as much as I love stand up, it's, it's really, you know, there's so much travel involved and it's, it's very, it's a, it takes a lot of energy, which I plan on having for years and years. But, um, you know, if there's ever a time where the travel gets to be too much and 
God forbid I want a family and, and some kind of normal life, which I'm not into pursuing right now, I will be able to, you know, make a studio in my house and just sit down and talk and, and I'll get to, I won't have to do my hair and makeup. And it's just, a, uh, it honestly was a contingency plan in case all else fell through that at least I would be able to, you know, as I age as a woman in this business, I just, I look around me and I realize that at some point, no matter how much people like you, when you age at, and as a man too, it's not just a woman thing, but clearly it's exaggerated and, and, and more so a, a con- it happens sooner when you're a woman that when you age, people just like don't want to hear as much from you. I always know the, the Tina Fey quote of, um, men call a woman crazy. Uh, a, a woman who is talking who men don't want to have sex with is a, a crazy, a crazy woman is just a woman who is talking that men don't want to have sex with. It was something like that. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so true. And someday I'm, people aren't going to want to have sex with me. Um, hopefully because I'm going to be old and I don't want like people to aggressively pursue me and when, and try to squeeze my ass when I, I you know, I'm, I might break a hip. So, um, when that happens, at least I'll still be able to be a broadcaster and, and maybe people will want to have sex with my voice. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep, I'll keep working on that. The rest of myself, I can't, I can't pull a JLo physically, but maybe vocally I can, even though my voice already sounds like that of a, 80 year old woman. Um, I just feel like, yeah, but in the podcasting, I really chose to do a, a, a daily show because I wanted to build that rapport with my audience. And I, I, my favorite podcast, I'm just like, I want more. And there's something to be said for leaving them wanting more and doing a weekly show. And that's, you know, iHeart Radio and Big Bunny Players, they didn't ask me to do a daily show. I honestly, uh, proposed it myself and, uh, and I'm not paid extra to do it. Uh, you know, I would have been making the same money to do one show, but I just know that as a consumer of the kind of radio I wanted to make, I wanted to give people a daily thing. And I want to get those 10,000 hours that, uh, once I clock those, which should be any day now with how much podcasting I've been doing. And I used to have a daily radio show, radio show on Sirius. Um, I'll be an expert and, undeniably good and it'll be something that you know i won't i don't get nervous before a podcast or before i go on stage anymore uh my my job has truly become something that doesn't ever stress me out very rarely stresses me out and i think that's the best i've worked really hard to get to that point where it just feels like second nature as opposed to pacing back and forth and shaking on stage and thinking what am i going to say i just sit down and start talking and it's only, I've only developed that skill and been able to keep it fresh and know that I can keep it fresh from just, just forcing myself to do it every day and, and, uh, and putting myself in situations where I don't have a choice. We have to talk a little bit about F boy Island because it's a yeah. pretty big smash on HBO max and it's just <laughs> a brilliant idea for a reality show. Were you involved? You. How early were you involved with this uh, project? You know, it came to me with a name and, uh, you know, the, the concept of 24 guys, 12 are F boys, 12 are nice guys and three girls trying to figure out who is who. And that was pretty much all I came in with, uh, knowing about. And when I was brought on as host, I asked if I could be, you know, have a producer role as well so that I could help develop it because I, I love reality TV and definitely have opinions about what could be done better and 
But I was working with such experts that I also wanted to have that EP role so I could be in those rooms with them and kind of watch these people and, and how see how these my favorite kind of TV shows get made. And I learned a lot. And um, But, uh, you know, I was able with my role and with how HBO trusted me, which I've never been trusted by a network so much, except iHeart. I mean, on my podcast, they never give me any notes. It's, it's truly a gift. But um, in terms of television, I've never been so trusted to just be me and not have someone try to tell me what to do or, oh, we want you to be like, you know, Chris Harrison or not like Chris. There was no notes. It was just like, we want you because we know what you are and we like it. And so just be you. So I felt just really comfortable developing a new style of hosting reality TV in which, you know, I make fun of the genre and the tropes and just how ridiculous it all is while also being very sincerely invested in the relationships that develop within it. I mean, that's why I'm a fan of reality to begin with. I love watching people fall in love and, um, and I believe they actually fall in love and that it's real because it is. And it was confirmed for me that it was on the show. It was like really nice to see that everything I assumed about reality was true. And, and there weren't, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't when you start working at your favorite restaurant and you see that people are spitting in the food and you go, Oh God, it was like, okay, good. My, this, my, at least the reality show I made was as cruelty free and, and sincere. And, and what you saw on TV was what actually happened as I had dreamed it would be. You know, everybody loves to watch these kinds of shows and make fun of yeah, them along and the way. And in this one, the host the thing, is doing like, it. it seems like all these situations are perfect setups for you to just tear them down. Yeah, and, and you know, I also had a, a, a deep respect for people that were willing to go on this show because as, you know, as eye-rolly and douchey as most of these people could be on the show, especially a show called F-Boy Island, um, there's, there's a braver, inherent bravery in putting yourself out there that much. I mean, these people signed up for a show, and they didn't really know what they were getting into. None of these people were reality show veterans. So to, to go on TV and... and we can sit on our couches and watch these shows and go, Oh my God, I would never act like that. I'm, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Look at that. Oh, and judge these people to make ourselves feel better. The truth is you would do that in that scenario. You just don't have enough self-esteem and you don't trust yourself to put yourself out there in that way. I mean, I think actors are pussies compared to reality show people. We can say all day that, you know, reality show people, we shouldn't, like revere them and, and they're just in it for the fame and it's all shallow and that might be, but you cannot deny that it's extremely brave to put yourself out there and, um, and be in a situation where you're going to reveal no matter what you think you will see a side of yourself on TV and reveal a side of yourself that you do not plan on revealing because it, you know, it's a, a trope, but you really truly forget the cameras are there. Even I did sometimes as the host. So I, I went into it just already having like so much gratitude for these people who signed themselves up for this and a lot of respect for them. And so as much as I made fun of these guys for being who they were, I think uh, I wasn't just brought in to mock them. It was more like to mock the situation that we're in and how these shows are so ridiculous and, you know, the one-on-one -on -one dates and the fantasy suite and all the, the bachelor trope play with those while, uh, you know, treating these people with uh, 
a lot of respect for, for being the fodder that they are going to be to everyone watching at home who, who gets to sit there and have an opinion about them when, you know, those people would never put themselves out there in that way. Well, it feels like you've already done so much this year, and it looks like you're going to stay pretty busy touring <laughs> through the end of the year, too. But is there, are there other projects that you are working on or developing right now? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. But, yeah, there's going to be things that are announced soon that um, other shows that uh, are in the works that will be announced. And, you know, just continuing my tour, I'm shooting a special at the end of the year for a network, and that will be announced at some point I'm just constantly shooting TV shows on my time off in between uh, tour dates. And, you know, it's, I work every single day of my life, but I'm having a lot of fun and I'm choose, I'm getting to, you know, turn down projects that aren't so fun that I maybe would have taken in the past. Cause I'm like, I got to do everything. Anyone, anyone else. And now I'm unable to say no to things that I don't want to do and say yes to things that people think I would say no to like a show called F boy Island, but that I actually, would want to do more than anything, you know, like I love, I love doing weird projects that I can't even believe I get asked to do, you know, like something I was on dancing with the stars and I've never danced before. I like taking, I like taking risks, you know, like the reason I got into Sam Tommy is because I had extreme stage fright growing up as a kid. And it was something I had to, you know, conquer. And it was just nothing scared me more than speaking in front of people. I had, I used to, as a kid have to, have my parents call the teacher so I could go in during recess and do presentations just in front of the teacher because I would shake so badly in front of the students. And I like, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd have like uh, insomnia for a week ahead of a, a class presentation. And I just couldn't handle it. And I, but I wanted to be on TV someday. And I was like, well, this is going to actually hold me back from that. So I made a concerted, I just signed up for a school play that I knew I would have to eventually perform in front of people. And I kind of like to throw myself into things that I can't get out of to, you know, I'm someone who just jumps in the pool. I don't like go by the ladder and just ease my way. in. I, I, I've only been able to conquer my fears by doing the scariest things possible. So I'm looking forward to whatever that is next. And it's probably just like having an intimate relationship with someone <laughs> in my personal <laughs> life, which that's the next justifying thing I uh, would like to attempt to do. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to The Sun on the Strip. Special thanks to Nikki Glazer. Go see her Friday night at the Mirage Theater. Get your tickets at mirage.com. You can find past episodes of this show at lasvegasun.com slash podcasts. See you next week. Take care.